I'm Schaefer, my father was a big evangelical star, and so I got the job. And it turned out that I had enough talent to, to make a, a strong piece of propaganda that was very effective. Our friend Billy Graham, the great evangelist, was pro-choice. Most evangelicals don't know that. He refused to participate with us in our seminars, even though he and my father were friends. He said, Fran, you know, you've made a mistake here. I think people, women ought to have a choice. Dr. Criswall of the Southern Baptist Convention, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and for Americans, they will understand that's the most conservative group of evangelicals in America. He was pro-choice. He even preached sermons on choice. But once we talked them into it, the reason it became a thing is Republican leaders like our friend Jack Kemp, Gerald Ford, the president, my parents were friends with his. Once other evangelical leaders saw this as an easy fundraising tactic to keep people angry, babies are being murdered, we can raise money. And when people like Jack Kemp and Ronald Reagan and other people we knew realized that the apathetic evangelical majority that didn't even care about voting suddenly could be energized because they had lost the fight on segregation. And these segregationists like Jerry Falwell, now we gave them something new to fight. And, and so two big agendas happened, an anti-gay agenda and an anti-abortion agenda. Okay. Huge fan. Huge fan. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Stan. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Welcome to episode 31. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, Staney? I am drinking some shit that I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gewurztraminer. Okay. So we had talked about this before um, starting to record because I knew that I wouldn't be able to... Uh, <laughs> is it German or is it It is Dutch? German. It's German. Yes. It's got the umlaut in there. Okay. Is the what? Umlaut. The, little t- the, the two, two little dots, dots. over there? Yeah. Called the umlaut. I knew that. <laughs> Um, and it's a 2020 Monterey, which I don't think is in Germany, but that's fine. Yeah. So no, that's that. So we've decided to drink wine tonight. Um, yes. I, I'm just following suit because this is the Beth episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be, but I guess it might yeah. be. <laughs> um, and so we started early. You can tell because this was full when when we yeah. started preparing. Yeah. Um, same here. <laughs> it, it's a it's a little sweet little dry so I'm, uh, it's more of a riesling type than okay. more more of a riesling than a moscato okay but not as dry as like a, a as pinot, a pinot grigio yeah, yeah like not, pinot would be a little bit pinot dry. Is dry as hell yeah um <laughs> yeah but i got this from a friend and it's german so i was like you know what if we're doing wine tonight Let's do it. Go for so, the good stuff. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking something I cannot pronounce. It's uh, it's French, but I oh is oh yeah um, I don't know muscadette. There's a lot of French on that I know, bottle. I know, so that that's what I'm drinking. But it's wine. It's white. It, it's similar <laughs> to yours. So yeah, you want to read it? <laughs> Grand Chine, Domandou, Le Calier. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I have no idea what this is, but it's definitely white. Yes, and it's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about tonight? What are you talking about tonight, Beth? What is going on with Roe v. Wade? Roe v. Wade. (laughs) 
We thought that was a settled thing. It was done and settled in the United States of America. Apparently it is not. Yes, and I have so many things to say. So here we are. I'm going to start by telling you how my day went yesterday. Okay. I got a phone call from my dad wishing me a happy Mother's Day even though I'm not a mother yet. Oh, you said yet. Are you, are you going to be a mother sometime? No. Okay. This is the third year in a row he has called me and wished me a happy Mother's Day. Is, even he, being, is he being facetious? No, he's not. He, I've told him but before. Is he, is, he in, is he hoping? Yes, he is still hoping, wow. even though I have told him many times, I am not going to have children. I don't want to have children. And I would just brush this off if it were harmless, but it's not harmless. This is the kind of mentality that leads us to where we are with Roe v. Wade being overturned today. Because okay. there is this mentality that if I say I don't want to have children, it's not really a believed stance. Mm -hmm. I can inherently be trusted to raise children, but I cannot be inherently trusted to make a decision to not have children. Which is an easier decision. It is for me. So this is kind of why we are where we are, because there are a lot of people out there who don't trust the decisions of people who don't want to have children for whatever reason, whether yeah. it's, the decision ahead of time, whether it's a decision that's made when a pregnancy happens to say, I don't want this, so I'm going to abandon it. Mm -hmm. Whatever the reason, this is why we are where we are. So what is happening with Roe v. Wade and a subsequent case called Casey versus Planned Parenthood? The Supreme Court had a leaked opinion that it's not traditional for a leak, opinion. A leaked draft. Leaked draft of an opinion. Yeah. And it's not traditional for drafts to come out, but for whatever reason, it was leaked. And this was uh, a very, um, I want to say that it is not typical language used by the Supreme Court mm -hmm. in their opinions. I have, med, I have read many Supreme Court decisions before. This one reads at about a ninth grade level. <laughs> so if you have not read it i am going to link it in the show notes for you and that's really what we're going to be talking about today i'm going to be reading sections of this for you because i want to assure you that this this ruling this draft opinion is beneath the level of judiciary review that the supreme court normally does beneath the level of the supreme court yeah it like, is this sounds the, the way i read it and i skimmed it it reads like a bunch of Amy Coney Barrett's wrote it. <laughs> it reads like an opinion piece for a newspaper. Uh -huh. It is 98 pages long. The last several pages are really just an appendix of other court cases. But as you can see here, I have notes in the margins. I have highlights. When this came out, I wanted to get my hands on it. Wait, so I have a question about yes. that. Your, your notes here. Yes. This So this is the whole leak draft. Yes, that's the whole draft. I want to put it up here that, like, Beth gave this a D plus. Yes. <laughs> you motherfucking... You graded this? I graded it. <laughs> On several factors. Number one, it reads like an opinion piece. It does not read like a typical Supreme Court opinion. Um, majority or a dissenting opinion. And I'm it, a huge fan there, of your diligence. Thank you. I am. There, um, there are so many problems, logical fallacies in this, mm -hmm. and that's why I wrote notes. And I'm picking my favorites of the problems in this. Hold on. That though. we're going to talk about. Should, but 
in in defense of the Supreme Court, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? It's a leaked draft. Yes. So it's probably not proofread. It's probably not in its final form. It's not in its final form, but it doesn't mean that it hasn't been proofread. Okay. So you you do you believe that this is what they were planning to release to the public on D-Day? I don't believe this is the what was intended to be the final draft. But yeah. I, so cuz the D plus says to me that it hasn't gone through the gauntlet of proofreading that you know the staffers and the, the this was most likely written by one of the clerks yeah. for Justice Alito. I I want to I want to hold out hope that he has had a part in this just because I would hate to think that this draft was solely written by mm -hmm. a clerk because it's kind of embarrassing like it's, it's extremely it's to, embarrassing to him because it's like oh God, it's if, if 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 that's out to the public then that says that we have at least one I know of four incompetent no I know of five Jesus Christ <laughs> incompetent Supreme Court justices. Yes. Yes. No, you know what? To be fair, to be completely fair, Gorsuch is not incompetent. No. He's not. He's so, not incompetent. So four. So I'm going to go with... Should I, should I name names on Let's this name spot? names. Okay, okay. So we're at Amy, Clarence Thomas, mm -hmm. um, Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. and Alito. Yes. Mm-hmm. Incompetent. Fucking... What we almost have, all, thirty eight percent of yes. the Supreme Court is incompetent. We well. have played a clip before. If you have not seen it, we'll link it again below to a prior episode where we talked about the embarrassment of Judge Ka Justice Kavanaugh mm -hmm. when Justice Breyer took him to task about reading prior court cases well, that he hadn't read. It was this case that they were deciding when that clip happened. Yes. We have we have played it before that Justice Breyer, who is retiring, has now been replaced by Katanji Brown Jackson. When Justice Breyer was adjudicating this, when he was speaking, mm -hmm. he was like, basically, he was dick slapping him across the face, being like, "You haven't read you these read cases this. that you're talking about. Oh, the wow. case, the very cases that are cited in this draft opinion." So, wow. now. I just want to say there are there is a, a link below in the show notes to a video that if you want the historical context that we're not going to go into, but if you mm -hmm. really want a good history of who the Supreme Court is, how they adjudicate these cases, what is Roe v. Wade, what is Casey versus Planned Parenthood, how did we get here? I'm going to link it below. Great video, really does all the work of the historical context that we don't have time to go into, but. Let me just say that this, the Supreme Court has three options with any case that they take, but specifically with this one, they have three options. They could completely overturn the prior cases of mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. They could uphold a, a specific portion of it to uphold the concept of abortion being a right that you can't completely ban, but they could strike down a portion of the prior cases specific to viability what does it mean to for a fetus to be to be viable mm -hmm. or they could just uphold everything those are the three those options. are the three options so the option they're choosing is to upend everything row not just one case but two cases according saying, according to the leak. according to the leak according to the draft because so before i know you want to get into it and i know you're pretty anxious and i, yeah. I and i support that I'm ready. however i do want to say that in the in in 
previous instances where there were a leak mm -hmm. and everyone thought, oh my God, we got this leak and it's going to go this way, that the public outcry and all of the things that happened as a result of the leak actually resulted in it going the other way. Well, that wasn't a public leak. But yes, we did talk about that before as well. Mm -hmm. When Casey versus Planned Parenthood was decided, the initial draft of the so what happens is the, the Supreme Court takes basically like a you know, raise your hand, are you for or against? Mm -hmm. They take that straw poll, and then based on how how many votes they have one way or the other, somebody is tasked with writing the majority, and the other person, another person is tasked with writing the dissent. So they took a straw poll of Casey versus Planned Parenthood, and they assumed that there would be a majority that wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade right. in 1992. What happened was Chief Justice Rehnquist was tasked with writing the majority opinion, and his draft leaked just to the Supreme Court and the clerks. Okay. And yeah. his opinion was so incredibly crass and just incendiary that three of the justices changed their vote. Right. And they actually upheld Roe v. Wade in Casey. So I wonder, and this is just occurring to me while you've said that. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't occur to me before. Could this be an attempt by, I want to assume it's a clerk. <laughs> Could this be an attempt by the clerk to try to have a repeat of that? It's where they're, very possible. Where they're just like, let's leak it because this is shit. And I'm going to be the one person in history, unnamed, yes. who saved America. It's possible. A lot of people are speculating that yeah. it was the cl a clerk it had to be from a clerk. one of well, the liberal justices. It ain't one of the justices. Right. I don't know. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. Not that we would know of. But somebody, a lot of people have assumed from the get-go that it was a clerk from a liberal justice. But it could have been a clerk from a conservative justice trying to say, either we want people to change their vote or we want people to be held to their vote that they initially took. Like right. an intimidation tactic mm -hmm. to say... These people, this is supposed to be the majority opinion. So anybody who said they were in favor of this better not back out. It could go either way. We don't know. Ah, oh, I see what you we mean. Could go, it like could go like I, I'm forcing your hand. You can't switch now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It could go either way. We really don't know. But it very well could be somebody mm -hmm. who's like, I'm going to leak this so that people like get all riled yeah, up. Yeah, hold and... you accountable. So if, you, if you're the flip-flopper. But it's like, there's not anything that you can do in terms of the Supreme Court either. Because like, no. even if somebody flip-flops, it's like... That's this, their right this, to do so. This is, this is a lifetime appointment. Mm -hmm. You can't even like... You can't, can't, you can't even really impeach. You can. You can, mm -hmm. but it would take so much. Yeah, it would take a lot. To impeach a justice. Oh, we should do that for They would have to do something like absolutely egregious. Like lie under oath or like sell the United States secrets to like Iran. Like that would be the level wow. that you would be able to not just impeach, but impeach and remove. And remove. There is a case to be made. Maybe we should do this through Patreon. There's a case to be made that they could be impeached. Yeah. Some of these like Brett Kavanaugh could be impeached because they did lie under oath by saying that Roe was settled law. And then they write this opinion to say that it's, it's not, not settled, settled law. Interesting. It's all been discussed quite a bit this past week. So 
So the most important thing that I think needs to come from, the reason that I would like to speak about this in mm -hmm. this episode is that anybody who wants to fight against this ruling, you, you have to know what you're dealing with. You have to know the full context of this. If, the, if you're relying on the news media to tell you what's going on, you're basically going to show up to a gunfight with a stick. You have to show up to a gunfight with a bazooka at this point because this is really a huge turning point for us. So if you're just starting from the, oh, they're taking away my right to choose, that's not good enough. The better option is to know what they actually said. The legal arguments that they are trying to make that you can fight against, because these legal arguments are just as flimsy as they say Roe is. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Not, not to sideline you, but like, how can the average person fight against the Supreme Court? There are ways. I have some ideas. I don't know that we're going to ha have time to get into them, but maybe that could be a Patreon thing. All right. To, to What are the next steps? Or maybe we could just do a special episode that we can release to the public. Cool. That we'll do at the end here. I'm okay. But yes, I have ideas for how we can fight back. All right. There are so many subtle things that happen. If you just rely on the media to tell you what the, what the arguments are, you miss the subtleties. Page 33, Justice Alito. I'm going to say Justice Alito, even though it was probably a clerk that wrote this, but Alito's name is on it, so he takes full accountability yes, for this. Yes, he does. On page 33, citation is below, where you can link to this and you can follow along if you want to. He says, the defenders of Roe and Casey do not claim that any new scientific learning calls for a different answer to the underlying moral question. There's a whole paragraph that starts with those words. And as you can see, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen here. So if you're listening to audio only, I encourage you to come to YouTube and watch this because I'm gonna be putting screenshots up where you can mm -hmm. see exactly what I'm reading here. So if you notice this paragraph here is just his summary, his words his viewpoint of what the defenders of Roe versus Wade would say. The next paragraph he goes into, Americans who believe abortion should be restricted have countervailing arguments. And notice that there is citation, citation, citation. And the next page, same thing, citation and citation. All of these footnotes that back up what he believes is the argument to get rid of Roe v. Wade. And then following that, he says both sides make important policy arguments, but the supporters of Roe and Casey must show that this court has the authority to weigh those arguments. So he went to the, all the trouble of finding citations to back up the argument to get rid of Roe v. Wade. But in his mind, his summary, his words of how I feel are sufficient. No citation needed in his mind. Wait the fuck on. Both sides make important policy arguments, but supporters of Roe v. Wade must show that this court has the authority to weigh those arguments and decide how abortion may be regulated by the state. I'm sorry. Wait a motherfucking second. I, why did I miss this? How can you say that the general public must find citations or support for their argument but you as the impartial supreme court justice mm -hmm. only found arguments and support for one side exactly. isn't it your motherfucking job to find arguments and support for and against both sides absolutely this is why it is so important to read 
his words. Wow, I'm because starting this, off like this. This is the this is the the subtlety, the 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 so, what the the phrase is soft bigotry of low expectations. This tells you the mentality that he's starting from. He is not giving any credence whatsoever to the argument Wait, to, me, to keep Roe. He is not giving any citations. Let me let me go further. It's because you didn't highlight that part. It says they have failed to make that showing, and we thus return to the power to weigh those arguments to the people and their elected representatives. No, motherfucker. This had to be a clerk. This had to be like a 22-year-old clerk that ain't, like, been in this for too long. Now, to, to, to the clerk's this credit, can't be there's a lot of debate that happens. Because the first word in the next sentence says, they have failed. No, motherfucker. You have failed. You are the one that is tasked with providing... For and against and debating the... That's right. And this is after, this is an opinion. What? This is a ruling after... The, I just the, decided I don't like Justice Alito. I don't like him because he's go. not doing his job. This is what people miss when they don't read it with their own eyes. When you don't get your fingertips on this wow, and you see this, you, you miss the microaggression. <laughs> because this is, the, this is the mentality of the person who is trying to to decide the legality of something when he can't even get past the own bias now because this because, is the because i want to stress the point of the word impartial impartial yes the impartial. who the fuck is they if you're impartial thank you absolutely now the clerk <laughs> is writing this after debate has taken place amongst all of the justices so this is not being done in a vacuum this is not being done without some consent of the justices themselves because after the oral arguments are, are are heard where each side has 30 minutes total to to fight their case the supreme court says okay we're done we're going to go we're going to go debate this they have a little mini debate and then they take a vote and then they go and write their opinions which takes several months but there has been some debate amongst the actual justices before the clerk no, or whoever writes. This. I kind of wish I had like access to this guy, whether Twitter or like Facebook or whatever. I'm like, excuse me, I have a question. Who the fuck is they? Right. You represent they. the American people. Yes. All of us. The yes. ones you like, the ones you don't like, the ones you agree with, the ones you don't agree with. Who the fuck is they, my guy? That's right. This is the language. It shows you that there oh, is some very subtle but very, very impactful bias Damn. going on. Yep. Primary argument from Alito, if we're going to talk about what's the substance in this 98 pages. Mm. The primary argument from Justice Alito is that the core substance of Roe v. Wade, the initial decision was flawed. He says that the 14th Amendment, right to privacy and due process provisions, only cover rights that are, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. Now, he says the right to own a gun is protected. I'm sorry. We have rights that are rooted in tradition, not in, like, moral standing. Right. Now, he says this that... is the America where y'all motherfuckers live in, <laughs> where we are rooted in tradition, not if something is right or wrong. Right. right. Well, just let that sink in for a minute. Go nuts. All right. He says the right to own a gun is not on, in question because there is a Second Amendment that puts it in black and white that says you can own a gun because you can own a gun. But when it comes to the right to privacy, assisted suicide is different 
Euthanasia? Because, yeah, because it's not, no, it, mm, euthanasia, the, the assisted suicide, when somebody says, I want a doctor's assistance to help me. I wanted. Yes. He's saying that that's not mentioned in the Constitution, so it's kind of sticky, but the 14th Amendment may cover that. So it all goes back to what's deeply rooted in our history. That's, real quick, that's a very weak argument. Because it's like, because I know the fundamentalists who are like, you know, if it, if it, is it in the Constitution or not in the Constitution? Right. Are computers in the Constitution? No. Then please shut the fuck up. Because yeah. we have a whole slew of laws that we need to write in mm -hmm. terms of intellectual property, yep. copyright infringement. Oh, like, that like, stuff. That's not in the Constitution because it wasn't even imagined. Exactly. And he's trying to say that And I'm laws... sure the Tenth Amendment makes, um, is it the Tenth? That Versus anything that's not talked about. Yeah, anything that's not talked about in the Constitution, yeah. we need to address. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so he's suggesting that the laws that were, and then this is fact. This is not me trying to hate on anybody in particular. This is stone cold fact. The laws that were written by and interpreted by men up until the 20th century, late 20th century, can be relied upon to determine what you have the right to keep private from government interference. So you know what else? I mean, that's what he means by deeply rooted. If it's deeply, in the Constitution, rooted, yeah. if it's in common law back to the 1600s, or if it's in the Constitution, or if it's in state laws up until the mid-20th century, those are all things that we need to refer to to determine if it's really a right under the 14th Amendment. So let me explain to you. I'm going to give you a short list of things that are not deeply rooted in our history. My right to vote. It's not. Your right to vote. I'm black. Cell phone privacy, to mm. your point about computers. The right for me to apply for credit without the permission of a husband or a father. That was rescinded in 1971 or 1972? 1974. Four. Four. After Roe v. Wade. No, 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 no. You could have a credit card in 1971 or 72. Yes. But the but bank account was like 1974. I had to it? have permission from a man to apply for that credit up until 1974. The right for me to seek employment in a non-servicing job like nursing or teaching. The right for me to go to law school. The right, the right for a Catholic person to be president. A or, Catholic person. Yes. John Kennedy got a lot of shit for running for president because he was Catholic. That was in 1960. Let's see. Um, so the there's, a, there's a lot of shit that isn't deeply rooted. Yes. That doesn't make any fucking sense because yes. the deeply rooted shit is totally asshole and bigoted and pieces of it, it turd. Was. It was. Remember you talked about the first Jewish Supreme Court nominee. Yeah. That was in the early 19-teens. So that's not deeply rooted either. The right for me to seek and use birth control. Because the word deeply in and of itself sounds subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is deep to you that's not deep to me? Do we want to even talk about deep to people who are... Like, because because wanna... because if we really want to go all the way back to deeply rooted, deeply rooted includes slavery. Yes, it does. So suck a whole dick. <laughs> you see how I have felt this entire week is what you're feeling right now? I have decided I do not like this motherfucker. Yes. I want to fight him. Right. His justification for shit is this if it's is, deeply rooted or not. I know. So the viewpoint that we, what we knew in 1776 wow. or 1886 is all we'll ever need to know about the law is as dumb as a parent saying, 
Everything I knew on the day of my child's birth is everything I'm going to ever need to know. So that when your kid comes to you when they're 15 years old and say, hey, mom, I'm gay, you'd be like, oh, well, I didn't know that when you were born, so I can't possibly support you now. How dumb that sounds. Of course, we have to, to move with the information that we have. We have to adjust and be agile and to move into transition into modern times that's what that but here's the thing you're talking like a person who's progressive yes you're not talking like a person who's deeply rooted in conservatism right well deeply because, rooted because, in anything because because any everything that happened before we were born is the best that it could have been yeah what kind of dumbass what kind of hubris does it take for people to think that mankind peaked in the 1950s are you fucking kidding me? I'll move on to the next thing. Justice Alito says, now this, this, this really, I think this is the crux, to let you know what he's really thinking. Mm -hmm. Page 40, he says, those on the losing side, Whoa! those who sought those who sought to advance the state's interest in fetal life could no longer seek to persuade their elected representatives to adopt policies consistent with their views. Wait, we've already determined that there's a losing side? Yeah, what did they lose? Why that was my question. Do, why are we even doing this podcast you if see, it's a done you fucking You see, my deal. notes, what did they lose? They have no claim over somebody else's baby. The they, losing the side. The losing side. The losing this side. Guy, he can't write this. He's been a justice for over 15, 20 years. This is why. He can't. Some dumbass wrote this and it needs to be edited. But it's under his name. It's under his the name. The losing he, side? He takes full responsibility. Because that this. sounds very partisan. It does. Which the Supreme the Court should side. not be. And if, if you're going to say that the losing side has lost some claim, the, the, the state's claim the state's interest in fetal life. What is the state's interest in fetal life? Oh, I don't... If, if, I know what the state's interest in fetal life is. Yeah? Tax money. Of course, That's what I was thinking, too. Okay. It's a potential taxpayer in the future. This yeah. is about money. This is not about the preservation of actual life or the sanctity of life. This is about the state thinking, oh, that's one fewer taxpayer I have in the future. Yeah. Now, if I were to have some vested interest in the life of an unborn baby, why can't I take out an insurance policy on my neighbor's kid? If I have a vested interest in the, the preservation of that life, I should just be able to take out an insurance policy especially, on their kid. Especially if you're contributing. If you're, if you're like the one that's like babysitting when they yeah. go to the store or whatever, right. you should be able to like why not? cash in. Why not? Of course it sounds absurd to take out an insurance policy on somebody, on somebody else's, else's kid. kid. But how is it any different from saying that you somehow have some vested interest in the life of this unborn child that, you, that you're not a part of, you're not the family, you're no. not the person carrying it, you're not the person who impregnated her. What is your vested interest? None. Let's, let's take the conservative argument to the next step. That, that saying that if you give an inch, we'll take a mile. Let's go two fucking miles. Let's go. Let's go all the way. All right. If the state has a vested interest in this life, that means that the conservatives, the GOP, the Supreme Court is making an argument for socialized medicine. The state has a vested interest in your life, in your life which means it doesn't end when you're birthed. 
It means the state has a vested interest in your life. In your your it, whole it, it, life. Into the point where you're a, a working class citizen uh -huh. and you can pay taxes. You're thriving. You're healthy. You have all the things you need. You're fed. You're Damn. clothed. You have shelter. Let's the, go, guys. The, the state, Let's fucking go. The state should be paying for my kids' swimming lessons. Yes. The state has a vested interest, guys. Let's go. Because my kids could turn into Olympians, which is going to get them more money. Mm-hmm. See? That doesn't make sense, though. The conservative movement right now is going balls to the wall with this thing. But I say, let's take them at their word. Let's go. They're making the case for socialized medicine and socialized everything. I would right like now. to also reiterate, for the purposes of the people who are new to this podcast, that we are not liberal. No. Nor conservative. No. And also... Just to preface this, and this is something that we talked about prior to this episode. Mm -hmm. I, honestly, I'm going to try to be as politically correct <laughs> as I can. If I falter, I'm sorry. But um, in terms of this possible ruling, I personally, honestly, don't really give a fuck. And the reason why I don't give a fuck is not because it's not important or it's not important to me. Is because I'm experiencing compassion fatigue. Oh, that's understandable. Yeah. Where you tell a child, don't touch the stove, don't touch the fire, don't touch the, get out of the kitchen. There's dangerous things in here. There's knives, there's fire, there's boiling water, whatever. And you keep over and over. And then one day the kid is screaming because they fucking touched the fire. Like, do you run in and be like, oh my God. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Like, no, you'd be like, yo, fuck you, you stupid-ass kid. I told you 16 times not to touch a goddamn stove and you touched it. So now you get fucking burned. Right. And and that that's, that's where I'm at. Because when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, everyone was just like, holy fucking shit. We have to vote. We have to go out. We have to do these things. We have to rally. Because if we don't, this is what's going to happen. And as many people as possible did all those things. Yes. And this is still happening. It's still happening. So I'm, because I've already looked into what the ramifications are, that's not going to benefit anyone who wants control of their destiny. Right. In terms of whether it be man or woman. I'm at a point of compassion fatigue where I'm just like, I have a nice house. I have kids. My kids are good. My family's well off. My my parents are good. They can take care of my kids if anything happened to me, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et I honestly don't give a fuck about you weirdos who like get swayed by political talking points and propaganda and fuck your own self over for trying to like bite my face off in other ways. Fuck your own self over. Well, I'm fine. Right. Because majority of this is a woman issue. A woman has to carry the child for nine months. Yes, if there's a father that's involved or present or whatever, he has to be there to support, whether financially, whether emotionally, whether support, whether security, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But majority of this, whether at least 51 or more, percent of this is a female issue mm -hmm. and like i don't know why you keep pushing for less choices for you what we talked about before 
when I look at the exit polls and like 51% of women vote for this president or this party or this yeah. whatever. And I'm like, well, this is what you want. This ain't got nothing to do with me. I got condoms. Well, there are some states that are talking about banning condoms. We'll get to that. We will get to that. They can't ban enough condoms that I can buy before the ban exists. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I literally will buy 4,000 condoms. Mm -hmm. Before I die, I'm not going to have sex 4,000 times. Right, of course not. But that's why my approach to this isn't to say that there's anything we can do to vote our way out of this. It's too late. But what we can do is actually have prepared arguments that actually make a difference when it comes to electing the next people mm -hmm. and having the you know turnover in the Supreme Court, turnover in our legislative bodies at the state level, Prepa at the local level. Prepared arguments to or against who? Well, it's it's actually these arguments that are coming from the Supreme Court are the same arguments that are coming from the Republican Party and have been for decades. So these this ruling has repercussions mm. beyond abortion. These rulings have it does, repercussions. Because at the core of the Roe v. Wade argument is the argument of privacy. Mm -hmm. What happens between me and my doctor? Mm -hmm. What happens between me and my pharmacist? If you're if you're in the early stages of a pregnancy, it might be between you and your pharmacist. If it's in the first trimester, approaching the second, mm -hmm. might be between you and your doctor. Right. Maybe your baby is being born without vital organs, without a fucking liver or whatever, and you're just right. like, this baby's gonna die within seventeen days of being born. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just not have this child at all because I don't want to deal with that. Now, it's being legislated by Congress, by state Supreme Courts, by state Congresses, state mm -hmm. legislatures or whatever. None of whom are doctors? No, not one of them. Because who the fuck would leave your position as a doctor to go be a goddamn congressman? Rand Paul. <laughs> he was a doctor? I doctor. Uh-oh, it's an optometrist. But he left his hey, position you, as a doctor. Hey, hey, you can make more money as a politician getting lobbyist money. So, yeah. here we are. But largely, people in Congress and people in the Supreme Court are not doctors, yet they are the ones that are making these decisions. Exactly. They're, 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 they're people who passed the fucking bar exam in law school. Yeah. They're not medical doctors. And I really wish... If it were up to me, we would have a Supreme Court where one one of the nine, one is a bus driver, one's a carpenter, one's a hedge fund manager, one's a fucking lawyer, one's a doctor, one's a teacher, one's, you know what I mean? And then you have like the whole gamut of what our society looks like where they would have to actually debate like, hey... We need this for the schools. We need this for the blue-collar workers. We need this for the Wall Street bankers, et cetera, et cetera. And they debate. But it's literally a bunch of people who went to law school. And, like, no offense to people who went to law school, but I went to school with a bunch of y'all, and I saw the amount of coke you did. I don't want to call names because <laughs> I got my 20-year uh, reunion, reunion coming up. <laughs> 
I want to I wanna fuck myself out of some parties. I won't be there. I'll protect know, you if they come I don't want to fuck myself out of some parties. But I saw the amount of coke you did before you went to law school. Yes. No, I think that we should have people sitting in the judicial branch that actually did go to law school. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that when we're talking about state and local elections for the school board and for city council and for state representative and state senator, the questions that we ask them shouldn't be, do you support Roe v. Wade? Now we need to start getting to these arguments that are in this ruling to say, do you believe that the only laws that are protected under the 14th Amendment or the 8th Amendment or the 1st Amendment are the ones that that are deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. That's the new question, the new litmus test that we have. That's why this, the words in this document are important. Don't do the the age-old shit that hasn't worked for the the last 49 years. It's a new argument. It's a new day. It's a new path forward. Page 26. Justice Alito makes the argument that states outlawing abortion before what's called the quickening, it's like the Highlander, the quickening is proof that the abortion was never a constitutional right. The quickening in the footnote says, well, this is still up for some debate, but generally speaking, the quickening means when the baby first kicks, when you can feel it move. When the baby first moves, is the definition historically in common law and in all these different state laws up until the mid-20th century. That was the point of viability. So that's the argument he starts with. But then on page 27, he says, well, but the lack of quickening or the lack of laws banning abortion before quickening doesn't necessarily mean that people didn't think it was wrong. So which is it? Are we going by case law here that says the laws on the books banning post-quickening are the point of viability? Or are we saying that just because there weren't laws on the books doesn't mean that it, was, it wasn't wrong? Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Either you go by what's in the law or you don't. This is the problem with this ruling, whether it was written by Alito or a clerk. This is not legally sound because these footnotes are contradictory and they are such a loose argument that we can't even rely on this document to be legally sound. You know what the one hope is that the other justices looked at this leaked material and be like, this is so weak. It is we kinda, very weak. We, we kind of, we can't, we can't go this way. That's what I'm hoping is that they'll be like, this is embarrassing. But you know how the saying goes, live in hope. Die in despair. Mm-hmm. I'm prepared mm-hmm. for despair. Well, I'm always prepared. We're kind of already there, so I mean, we're just gonna be living yeah. like we do. Okay, so next, page thirty-two. This is the one that absolutely got my blood boiling. Mm-hmm. Justice Alito admits this is about morality. This is this is not about the law. It's about morality. But doesn't he? preside over the law and not morality? Yes. He's trying to pretend like this is a legally sound case when he's making, you're going to love this. First of all, he says, the attempts to justify abortion through the appeals to a broader right to autonomy and to define one's own concept of existence prove too much. 
Those criteria at a high level of generality could license fundamental rights to drug use or prostitution. Yeah, they could. And the like. So he's basically saying he doesn't like drug use. He doesn't like prostitution. And it's just a bridge too far for people to try to say that bodily autonomy should let you do those things. So he's making a moral judgment about abortion, about prostitution, and about drug use. I'm sorry. That, for me personally, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> if you are in your house doing drugs and having prostitutes and not harming anyone at all, including yourself. Right. What the fuck? I thought this was the land of the free. To, to, quote, to quote Randy Marsh from South Park... <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was America. I thought, right? this, I, th- I thought this was America. Right? Yep. <laughs> now, let me tell you this. You could take somebody out on a date. You could take her to dinner. That's 100 bucks. Take her to a movie. That's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Buy her flowers. That's 25 bucks. And then maybe, you know, buy her some candy at the movie. Another 25 bucks. Uh, it, 200 it de- bucks. Definitely candy at the movie is 25 bucks. Yes. <laughs> so you spend 200 bucks taking her to, to, to dinner and a movie, buying her flowers, and then you guys have sex afterwards. That's possible. That's, call, that's called a date, right? Now, if you just hand her 200 bucks and have sex, that's prostitution. Somehow, dating in exchange for material goods is totally fine. According to Justice Alito. You know, but dating in exchange for just money for sex, that's wrong. You know, that's not a legal argument. That's, that's a moral argument. That's an age-old debate. Yes. And I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, no, here's the thing. I don't know what the answer is from a conservative standpoint to avoid the argument of prostitution. But I do know what the answer is from... A logical standpoint that there is no avoiding prostitution. You are either providing goods or services at a cost, whether you're a man or a woman. Yes. You have to give something to get something. Yes. I don't know why conservatives on a whole are against the actual physical, here is money. I am going to receive something because of the money that I put down in public because in private, they are all for it. Well, they we've seen so many cases. Matter of fact, we went to college. Don't reveal anybody's personal stuff here. But what I will say is that it's not a legal argument to say the prostitution is wrong. It is a moral argument to say that. And here you have a Supreme court justice citing. No, no I can say names. This was in the news. It was like fucking. Oh, public. I know who you're talking about. Yes, you do. Yes, we went to school with him. Yes, absolutely. And I knew he was gay when we were in school. Yeah. Everybody knew he's gay when we he was in school. We all knew he was. And then like, and, and we're not making a judgment about him being gay. No, he can be gay all he wants. That's yes. fine. But then he was like super like anti LGBT whatever right. whatever. And then they caught him in downtown Columbus in his office, his political office either fucking or getting fucked 
by somebody of the same sex. Right. And it turned into a whole thing. And like whether his wife knew about it or not or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, bro, there's no way you could not have known because when we were teenagers in college, we, we fucking knew. Like, we knew. You know, all of this here and everything else, and we talked about this in in our own private conversations. Right. All of this could be avoided if you could just shed whatever beliefs you have and just be true to yourself. Just be, yes, absolutely. I'm gay. I like men. I like sucking dick. I like fucking men. Whatever. Sure. And just go be that. Just do it. Instead of like, I have this persona or this idea or this aura mm-hmm. to uphold. It's a and facade. It's a facade. And then it's so difficult to uphold because it's not the true who you really are. Just just be who you are. Just be your authentic and, self. You know what? Look, every single one of us is going to meet the same demise. We're going to die. Yeah. Whether it be at 25, 55, 95, 105. We're all going to fucking die. And they don't make coffins in bunk. Right. You're going to be in that box by your goddamn self. Mm-hmm. So just enjoy your life while you have it and allow other people to enjoy their lives while they have it and get the fuck out of their way. Yes. I don't understand why, for the love of God, this is so hard to understand for to mind your almost own 50% of the population. I know. Enjoy your life the way you want to. Let other people who you don't know enjoy their life how they want to. Yes. And shut the fuck up. Right. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Going down further into the same page 32. None of the... Now, he's, he's talking about some of the other cases that have been decided by the Supreme Court. Yeah. Comparing it to Roe v. Wade. And he's already said that the bodily autonomy could go down the slippery slope of legalizing prostitution. And I say, yeah, let's legalize do it. it. Let's the countries it. that have legalized it have done far better than the goddamn United States. Yes, exactly. But then he says none of the other decisions that were initially cited in oh Roe v. God. Wade or Casey versus Planned Parenthood have the it have involved the critical, he says, critical moral question posed by abortion. He's admitting it's about morality. Critical it's not, moral question. It's but not is about... It mora- the, isn't morality subjective? Well, yes, like, it like is. What is, mor- what, is moral to, what is moral to me might not be moral to you. Yes. Based on your life experiences, the way you were brought up, your religion, your experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Even if you believe a certain thing within your religion you can still have relative morality based on the circumstances and i will encourage all of you to listen to michael sandell's harvard lecture series on what's the right thing to do he explains this so well about how the very same question of is it right to save one person or sorry to to kill one person to save five people how that one question 
is relative to the circumstances. When you have a trolley car, have you heard the trolley car? Yeah, 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 you have yeah, a trolley yeah. car. I just remembered. It's going to be barreling towards five people, but there's a sidetrack that you can say, kill the one person to save the five. Most people would say, save the five. It depends. But then, it depends. But then, hold on. If that one person is Albert Einstein, oh, no, no, no. we got to kill those go five people. Let's not go if there. If that one person is LeBron James, we got to save the five people. I'm not going to go there. Let me finish what I, I just, was saying. I just want to put in my LeBron James hate. <laughs> If you're going, if we all majority agree that it's better to kill the one to save the five mm-hmm. in that incident with the trolley car, then you take the very same question. Do you kill the one to save the five when you're in a doctor's office? Five patients just came in from a trolley car accident and you have, they all need different organs. This other guy, this one patient came in for a checkup. He's got five healthy organs. Do you kill the one to save the five? Most people would say no. no. It's moral relativism. The very same people under the very same religion can have moral relativism. I so, think this makes it very interesting to for the fact that we are human and we get to debate this as like higher order animals as opposed to like being dolphins or whatever. Yes. But but I do think that we have the resources to make the ultimate right decision. Mm-hmm. Like, do I kill one child to save 88 AIDS victims? Or do I just let them fucking die to save the one child? <laughs> right. And and then what they all what whenever you get into these debates, they always like make it personal. They're just mm-hmm. like, well, do you kill your one child to save these eighty one fucking AIDS victims whatever. or cancer patients or whatever? Me being the person that I am, yes, take my child to save eighty people. Because I can make more fucking children. Well, that and that's your right but to that's make my, that but decision. That's, that's mine in a capsule in a bubble. I'm not in saying I'm not saying that my decision is the blanket for everybody else who should be out there. Right. And that's what we're faced with with these Supreme Court yes. cases because the Supreme Court case yes. is the blanket. Yes, that is supposed to be the law of the, the land. land. Yeah. Now, when he says that. Abortion is different because of the critical moral question. That's not the only time that he mentions how abortion is different. Mm. And I've heard some of the media on the on the right, right-leaning media, saying that Justice Alito says that abortion is different because there's a third party involved. At no point in this ruling does he say that. That's what they're latching onto because that's all they can latch onto. What he does say on page 32 is that this is a critical moral question posed by abortion. The critical moral question is what sets abortion apart. Mm -hmm. But then on page 45, he says the same cases that he's referring to, where he says these other things that were cited in Roe v. Wade are different. But what he says there is in Loving v. Virginia or in Skinner versus Oklahoma, or Griswold versus Connecticut, or Eisenstadt versus Baird, none of these decisions involved what is distinctive about abortion, and that's its effect on what Roe termed potential life. He's not saying there's a third party involved. He's talking about potential life. Okay, hold on. Please hold your thought on what you're about to say, because I don't want to change it. Okay. But he cited Loving versus Virginia. For those who are unfamiliar, and I'm very fucking familiar, Loving versus Virginia was a 
court case about a black, sorry, black woman. Black man. Black man. Oh, I don't remember. No, it it was was a black black woman. woman. It was Mm -hmm. a black woman woman. getting married to a white man. Mm -hmm. What the fuck does that have to do with abortion? The reason, oh, I'm glad you asked that question. I can explain. Because these cases that were mentioned here were all rights that were granted under the 14th Amendment. So the Supreme Court ruled all of these by saying the 14th Amendment protects the right to have an interracial marriage or the right to not be sterilized or the right to can have access believe, to birth control because of the right this? to privacy. Can you believe this? You need to have the Supreme Court preside over the right to marry. I know. I'm not talking about marry black woman versus white man or black man versus white woman. The Supreme Court decides, is it legal for you to get married to the person that you love? Jesus fucking Christ. And then, and, 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 and we, we grow up pledging allegiance to the flag in fucking third and fourth grade and whatever as like the greatest country in, a, in, in existence with the greatest constitution and the greatest democracy yeah. and whatever. And we had to have Supreme Court cases, Loving versus Virginia, saying that your marriage is legal because you are of two different races. Come on, guys. I've long taken issue with the fact that this is a problem. I've long taken issue with the fact that the state has to give me a permission slip to get married. I don't think the state should be involved at all. Loving loving versus Virginia. I know for a fact it was about interracial. It was absolutely it was. And so these that's why when you hear the news media talking about how they're going, they're coming for loving versus Virginia next, they're coming for gay marriage next. That is true, but you have to understand why. And it's in this paragraph on page 45, but let me take this a step further. The whole point of this paragraph is that he is, Alito is saying the 14th amendment covers all these other cases that we have decided before, But what makes here, none of these decisions involved what is distinctive about abortion, its effect on what Roe termed potential life. Now notice, Skinner versus Oklahoma was about the right to not be sterilized. Tell me in what universe does it make sense that sterilization has nothing to do with potential life? No. Tell me. Before we get to that, Loving versus Virginia in 1967, when my dad was 17 years old, was the right to marry a person of a different race. Yes. What the fuck does that have to do with abortion? Well, no, I was just explaining that because those cases, all the cases in this paragraph, including Roe v. Wade, yeah. were decided that they were that it was legal to get an abortion, it was legal to marry somebody of a different race, it was legal to not be sterilized against your will, it was legal to have access to contraceptives because of the 14th Amendment. These were all part of the 14th Amendment clause. Yeah, 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 okay. So that's why they were all lumped together initially. But then he says, these other ones up here are all still covered under the 14th Amendment. But abortion's different because it's about potential life. Now, loving versus Virginia is, I still think, separate because you can be married and not have a baby, right? Okay. So that's still, to me, that's, that's the only one. Let me, let me finish my thought. Please let me finish my thought. That's the only one that I still think can be separated from abortion and these other cases. But Skinner versus Oklahoma 
is about a person who was sterilized against their will. And they were saying, that's my right to not be sterilized. And the Supreme Court said, you're right. You should not be sterilized unless you consent to it. Tell me that sterilization doesn't have something to do with potential life. It does. Tell me that Griswold versus Connecticut or Eisenstadt versus Baird, the, the Supreme Court ruling that people have access, should have access to contraceptives at their will, Tell me that that doesn't have to do with potential life. Of course it does. Okay. Now, I just wanted to let you know, and this is very important to me, because you've pointed out where all these other cases don't have to do with potential life. But I want to point out that when Loving versus Virginia in 1967 took place, that had a lot to do with potential life. Because if those children... Had a mixed if those sorry if those people had a mixed child, both the child and them would be subject to being killed by by white supremacists in 1967. That's this a has a point. lot to do with fucking potential life. That's a fair point. Even for loving versus Virginia, I I agree with you. That goes to the broader question of the state interest of life, which they want to keep separate. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here that they want to just talk about the actual creation, yeah. the creation of life, because not what the I, sustainability. What, of life. what I envision the the Supreme Court ruling on in Loving versus Virginia is what race is the child going to be? Is it going to be because you know you have the whole one drop rule. Of if it's one drop black, then it's fucking black. There you go. Or you know, and it's like, <laughs> what is the what is the race or what is the life going to be of this child mm -hmm. that comes from the union of loving versus Virginia? There you go. And and okay. and yeah, so so it, so so let's go with that. Let's say that that is the, it's not just the creation of the life, but the state's interest in the life being sustained yeah. against harm against hate crimes, then yes, that means that every single one of these cases has everything to do with potential life. The fact that the Supreme Court justice is trying to tell you... I love how you, he's trying to make it seem like Loving Virgin versus Virginia didn't have to do with potential life. That's what I'm it saying. It did. In 1967, this interracial couple would have crosses burnt on their fucking front yard. People with rifles waiting out in front... Ruby Bridges is like 68 years old at this point. Right. Like, and she got stoned. She got tomatoes and other various things thrown at her. Right. This is within my parents' lifestyle. My my parents, my Mine mother, too. my mother was born in 1953. Yep. My father was born in 1950. Ruby Bridges went to school in 1958, 1959. Right. Like that is not in our parents' life. That is not a, a far away fucking thing right so for him to be like but none of those decisions involve what is distinctive about abortion its effect on what roe v Wade determined potential life the potential life of this child in loving versus virginia were they to have children and i'm sure they did because the a documentary that i've seen recently was about their child yes and they they spoke yes or their children like this has to do with the potential life. Fucking Justice Alito. God, I want to meet this motherfucker in okay. a bar. I want to fight him. Stop. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. But you have just made the long-term argument. I was thinking of the short-term argument of actually creating life. You're talking about the long-term argument 
which is what which is what they which is they, what they never pay attention to. They claim they're, they're just like it's born and now fuck it. That's what they claim is that they're about pro life. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about how you can't have a Supreme Court justice that says that sterilization, interracial marriage, and access to contraception has nothing to do with potential. That's what he's saying. He's saying those things have nothing to do with potential life. That is the biggest bullshit argument I've ever heard in my entire life. Ever. Sterilization has nothing to do with potential, potential life. life. That's, that's literally the end of life prior to it starting. Yes. Yes. That's what we're dealing with, you guys. Do you get it yet? That's what we're dealing with. This is the flimsiest legal argument I have ever seen. Which is is why I kind of constantly want to believe this is written by some random clerk and he was supposed to sign off on it. And not like him being like an actual justice since before I was a teenager. But this is in line with the conservative argument and the conservative people I've been arguing with on Facebook agree with this. They agree with this. So if this were just some lonely, stupid clerk that didn't know what they were talking about, my conservative friends would take issue with this. They agree with it 100%. Okay. Know what we're dealing with. They're agreeing with it 100%. Look at what I've circled here. I'm going to put it on the screen here. Scheme. 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 He keeps calling this an elaborate scheme. That's five different fucking places. And look, I put really thick scheme. It's a scheme. He calls it a scheme. No less than I think I counted eight times that the word scheme appears in this. When the Supreme, when the court summarized the basis for this scheme, the scheme this proposed on the country looked like a legislation, and the court provided. The elaborate scheme that was the court's own brainchild. Not only did this scheme, this can't be written by him. Because I know for, as a person who's who's taught for 13 years mm-hmm. English and English literature, you literally can't use the same word six times in the same fucking I know paper. I know it. But again, <laughs> my conservative friends agree with this. Patreon episode, or you know what? Let's not make a Patreon. Let's not I'm make it. We're over subscription. an hour already. Let's fucking go. All right, let's talk about next steps because that's a solid question. What mm. do we? What do we do? First of all, I want to say, don't be fooled by Bill Maher or anybody of the of his ilk. Yeah, who is saying yeah. that? If if anybody had seen Bill Maher's most recent episode. He was dismissing all of this by saying, oh, well, Republicans in these southern states don't agree with this either. It doesn't matter. And there are already trigger laws in many states that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then that means that these states are, and Ohio is one of them, that these states automatically trigger abortion to be banned. I think there are 20 states. So there are additional states that are saying we're going to have... Laws that ban condoms, laws that ban IUDs, laws that ban the uh, the morning after pill. They're already like printed up. They're like, already ready to like, go. Yeah. So let's talk about what Bill Maher had said. Now he's a liberal. Again, we are not liberals. I am a progressive. That does not align me to any major political party. I'm leftist. He, he is very leftist. I am 
I am Mao. I am Deng. I am Che. I am Wei. I'm. I am. I. I don't want to say the scary names like Stalin. Don't. Don't. <laughs> but neither one of us is a Democrat or a Republican. Bill Maher. I criticize Democrats just as fucking much. Exactly. They could have codified fucking Roe v. Wade for the past forty nine years. The, the, currently we have the Senate, the White House, and the fucking House, and they didn't in the year and a half codify Coke vote Roe v. Wade no, to make it not. more difficult to overturn. They just didn't. And what that tells me is that I said to you before is that they're not interested in it. No, they're not. They're not. No, they're not. Democrats are not. So I'm not a Democrat. Like fuck them Democrats, dude. Like I'm <laughs> I'm way over there. Like I'm for the guillotines. Like bring them out and Stop. start chopping off. All right, let's cut it off. Let, let's okay. So <laughs> let's walk through the scenario of what happens. Roe v. Wade's overturned, and then these states start triggering these laws, and they have additional laws that that ban IUDs. Bill Maher had said, "Oh, but Republicans in those states don't agree with that either, so they can just overturn those laws." I've made up myself a list of all the steps that need to happen in order for those laws to be overturned. First of all, when they enact the laws, to undo them, all the senators and representatives need to be voted out of every state. Okay? In order to vote them out, each district must get beyond the threshold of the gerrymandering district differentials. In order to overcome the gerrymandering, one of two things need to happen. The GOP needs to primary the incumbents with pro-choice Republicans. Where the fuck are they? They don't exist. Or GOP voters need to vote with the Democrats. Tell me, in this political climate, what Republicans are going to vote for a Democrat. Okay? So let's assume that all of the above can be done, which it can't be, but let's just assume that can be done. Then the new GOP or the Democrats, whoever gets voted in, must write new laws, pass them through the state house and the state senate, and have a veto-proof majority vote that will go through over and above the governor vetoing it. That shit is not going to happen. It's literally impossible, which brings me to the point that I had posted earlier of the GOP long game. Yes. Talk about the GOP long game. The GOP long game was to get a majority of Supreme Court justices so that when they do, at that point, they could have the governors of various states write into law abortion bans. Yes. Which wouldn't be upheld or may or may not be upheld by the state legislature or the state senate or the state congress there. But because it wouldn't be upheld, there would be a debate. And then they would be sent to the Supreme Court, which is exactly where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to end up overturning Roe v. Wade. That's what they planned. and, And it wasn't like a yesterday plan. Like it was a plan from like Reagan was president. Yes. It was a plan from 35, 40 years ago. Yes. Now, why this is important to me is because how the GOP and the members of the GOP think and operate. 
they're okay with the long game mm-hmm. as long as it results in what they want. Yes. If it's 50 years, if it's 40 years, if it's 30, yes. if it's 25, it's 10. Yeah. They're okay with it as long as at some point we can say this is where we're going to be. Yep. Now, I would remind you, I'll be remiss if I didn't remind you of the long game. Remind yourself that when Obama was president and there was an, uh, a when Supreme Justice Court Scalia justice died. vacancy, Justice Scalia died, mm-hmm. which if you really ask me, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but he kind of died weird. But all right. We, the, the, the Democrats or Obama nominated um, Merrick Garland, who is now the head of the DOJ. Yes. And it's in the Constitution that the current sitting president is supposed to nominate the next Supreme Court justice if there is a vacancy. Yes. However, Congress has to decide if that person should be uh, justice or not. Yes. There is nothing in the Constitution that says we should have a confirmation hearing or not. No. Nothing. No. And so Mitch McConnell decided at that point that we're not going to have a confirmation hearing. But I want the American public to know that a confirmation hearing is necessary. All that is necessary is a vote of confidence, either yes or no. And there is not one person, whether Republican or Democrat, that could look at Merrick Garland's track record from the day he passed the bar exam to where he is now as the head of the DOJ and be like, I have a problem with this ruling. That man has been by the book. He is for slavery. He is for Jim Crow. He is for whatever the law fucking says at the time that it says it. Oh, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? So there's nobody on either side, right or left, that could say, this guy's kind of suspect, this guy's kind of weird, this guy's kind of iffy. He's not. He was by the books. He's been by the books. It is why he was confirmed as the head of the DOJ. Right. Because he would have been confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. And he lost that because Mitch McConnell and the GOP decided, we don't want to have a confirmation hearing. Now, I would also like to remind you that a confirmation hearing is not constitutional. No, it's not. It's nowhere in the Constitution that we have to debate, talk about, argue, question this person, that person. It's not whatever. deeply rooted in our it's history. It's not deeply rooted in our history. Matter of fact, the first instance of this history was when there was a first Jewish lawyer that should be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Which... If you really want to be honest and say what is deeply rooted in our history or is not deeply rooted in history, what is deeply rooted in our history is white conservatism. And bigotry. Okay, we'll go with that also. We'll sprinkle that in. Yes. A hefty portion. Deeply rooted. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was no reason why he shouldn't have had a confirmation hearing. Right. Because a confirmation hearing isn't constitutional. It's just... It's- it's just a part of the process. It should have been either he's voted yes or no. Mm-hmm. None of that happened. Nope. And then Trump became president. 
And apparently, three vacancies needed to be filled. So we had Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. and Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm. And now we have a situation where Roe v. War, Roe v. Wade is being overturned or will be overturned mm-hmm. because we have a majority of conservative justices. Mm-hmm. Had the constitutional practice of the president nominating a person to fill the vacancy been honored right. as the con it, all the people who are like we're for the constitution for the constitution if you are by the constitution when the president nominates a supreme court justice there the should senate be converts. some form of a, a senate confirmation or a non-confirmation yes. that didn't happen mm-hmm. so i don't want to hear the hypocrisy and the bullshit of like you're a conservative and you're a constitutional conservative because you are perfectly okay with Merrick Garland not having a hearing or a vote yes or no. And he is a fine judge by American standards. Yes. Not by moral standards. <laughs> not by what is right or what is wrong. But, but what, by the law. But by the law of America, he's a fine fucking judge. Yes. And he wasn't allowed a hearing. Right. And that led to where we are now. Because if I remember correctly, Gorsuch, uh, where he was supposed to be confirmed, Mitch McConnell moved the confirmation from 60 people to 50. Yes. Right. He got rid of the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees. And so they were able to, quote unquote, ram through all three of their justices. Now, based on all that you've read, based on all that I've felt, and all that we know about the Constitution and the Supreme Court and the hearing and the overturning of cases and whatever, right? The immediate fix for this, and I never discussed this with you before because I kept this to myself. Okay. The immediate fix for this is for the current president, whoever he is, whatever his fucking name is. Or her. Or her. Or whatever you want to let's go Jason or not. (laughs) Yeah. He has the power to expand the Supreme Court. And that is an immediate fix for this problematic Roe v. Wade, whether women have bodily autonomy or decision-making criteria over what happens with their bodies in their life. Absolutely. To expand the Supreme Court. Now, personally, if I were the current president, I would literally expand the Supreme Court from nine the 13. Nice. And I would just fucking nominate four more fucking people and have them confirmed or not confirmed or whatever and just keep confirming and nominating people until we have a majority. Because as Mitch McConnell said, and I want you to note that this is not me. Me. It's not me saying this. Mitch McConnell at the time when he was Senate Majority Leader, said these exact words. 
And I pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> Elections have consequences. Boom. Bitches. <laughs> he ain't say the bitches part. I said that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Exactly. So I would just, because there's nothing in the Constitution that says I cannot, as president, expand the Supreme Court. And you know what? I would expand it to 14 or 13, nominate four more motherfuckers, have them fucking confirmed or heard or whatever, tried and scrutinized, and then we would just re-overturn Roe v. Wade. The end. But you know what the problem is? And I know Beth has a lot to say, but I have a little bit more to say before she does. The problem is, a lot of people like to talk about American politics of two different wings of the same bird. Whether it's right or left or the one or two people that are centrists. Right. And I'm here to tell you, and I want it, this is going to be recorded, it's going to be on YouTube far after I'm fucking dead and gone. There aren't two parties in America. And I know a lot of people have a problem with the fact that there is a two-party system. I want to implore you to understand in your mind that there's a one-party system. And that party is money and capitalism. Yeah. The end. Because right now as we speak, Roe v. Wade is 59, sorry, 49 years old. In 49 years, are you trying to say to me that in 49 years of this law being passed, the Democrats have not had control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, which would enable them to codify Roe v. Wade as a national law as much as the tax law is? You might find this funny, but while we are recording this, the Democrats have control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And they have had this control for over a year and a half. Do you know how long it takes for the House to write a bill that is passed by the Senate and signed by the presidency and codified into permanent law, a total of about 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the Democrats have not done this says to me that they do not want to do this. So when you're like, there are two wings of the same bird, in my mind, What I hear is, this is a flightless bird with no wings. Yes. It is an ostrich. (laughs) Yes. And I'm done. Let me expand on what you said. Because expanding the Supreme Court for political power is deeply rooted in our history. In our history and the Constitution. And, And I did some research on this. John Adams, President John Adams, second president of the United States, he shrank the court from six to five in 1801 purely to limit the power of the incoming president, Thomas Jefferson. 
They didn't like each other. They remained friends, but they were political enemies. And so Adams said, he's coming in as president. Adams was a little bit, he's a little salty that he only got one term. So Jefferson coming in, he had a smaller court because of John Adams. Then Jefferson, in his second term, expanded it from five to seven in 1807. Andrew Jackson expanded it from seven to nine in 1837. Abraham Lincoln expanded it from nine to ten during the Civil War. I did not know that before I researched this. Wow. I think that's a little known fact. Because most people think that it was nine from Andrew Jackson on. Yeah, nope. it's not. It was ten at a it point. Was, it was ten during the Civil War. And then Congress shrank it back to nine. I'm sorry, back to seven after the Civil War. And then back, in, let's see, it was Ulysses S. Grant that made it from seven to nine. And that's and where it's been ever since. As much as an asshole that guy was, he got... I'm sorry, I'm just speaking from like a male testosterone standpoint. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant is such a fucking badass. <laughs> like everything that I've read about that motherfucker is not a dude that you want to fuck with. That's true. He's going to cut That's your true. head off. That's true. Immediately. That <laughs> guy. That's well, my guy. He was the last one to expand the court. So let's talk about population. We can pause for a second, though, on deeply rooted in our history is expanding the court or shrinking the court for political power. Yeah. Okay. For political gain. Deeply rooted in in our our history. history. Now, if we go to the U.S. population, the U.S. population in 1789, when the court was started, was three million people. Uh, Literally 10 percent of where it's at right now. The U.S. population in 1860s, when it was expanded to where it is now, yeah. was 30 million people, 31 million people. We are now at 330 million people. Don't you think that the court should be representative, not just in the diversity of, the, of, of our population, but also representative of the size of our population? All the, all the liberal people would be like, yes, Beth! Of course, that is logical. And all the cons- and all the conservative people would be like, no, that is rah, 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 constitution rah, rah, and have nothing to back it up with. But I will give them something to counter that argument. Mm. Mitch McConnell has said, well, basically, the reason that the court has not been expanded is because of tradition. As I've already explained deeply rooted in our history is to expand the court. Yeah. Just hasn't been done in a while. And a lot of Democrats have been hesitant to do it because it looks like a power grab. Power grab. Well, every time the court has been expanded, it has been Been a power power grab. grab. Now, also Democrats are saying, we don't want to do, we can't do that because we'd have to abolish the filibuster. And abolishing the filibuster is a dangerous precedent because it's just not been it's not been done before and we probably shouldn't do it. Mitch McConnell said this week this week that if the Republicans gain back control of the Senate, they will abolish the, the filibuster, filibuster in order to enact a national abortion ban. So, Democrats, if you are listening, stop fucking around. Mitch McConnell's going to remove the filibuster. It's not about tradition. He's just waiting for you guys to get voted out so he can do it himself. 
what we need to do is expand the cord because why not? At this point, why not? See, the, here's the thing. The reason why you're saying the things you are saying is because you, in, and I don't want to insult you. I, please don't think that I'm insulting you. Is that there's some form of belief that there's a difference between Democrats and conservatives. Or no, I just think that. Because they both are satisfied. I wouldn't say want the same outcome, but mm. they're satisfied with the same outcome. Of Maybe their donors and their handlers and their helpers profiting and benefiting. Where Mitch McConnell can come out and say straight up off the bat, fuck you. Whereas Democrats will be like, fuck you, but Black Lives Matter. Yes. And LGBT rights and gay marriage and. Women inequality and feminism we support, but still, like while we hush hush, like right, <laughs> and, and that that's is right, and I don't understand but, why people don't see this. Well, no, I see. If it. you had forty nine years to codify Roe v. Wade and you didn't, I don't understand why the people who are proponents of are supporters of Roe v. Wade would side with Democrats. You didn't help you. Fuck you. First of all, first of all, if it had been codified, it's still not safe from the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is is reviewing challenges to existing law. Yeah. So if it had been codified in law, it would still be challenged by at the Supreme Court and it would still be overturned by the Supreme Court. But it's still... It's about it, the makeup of the Supreme Court. I completely understand what you're saying. But at, at the very least, it would be a show of interest. It would be like, we've codified this because this is a part of our platform. Sure, okay. This is what yeah. we want. This is what we desire. Fair point. If you haven't codified this in 49 years, what that tells the general public is, we really don't give a fuck about this. And that's true. If you think the Democrats give a fuck about Roe v. Wade, after listening to this, then you're a fucking dumbass. And I don't want to be associated with you because you're dumb as fuck. I'm sorry, but not everybody's smart. Some people are dumb as fuck. And if you think the Democrats are for Roe v. Wade after not codifying it, to at least symbolically say that this is our platform. This is, our, yes, exactly. this is what we believe in. This is what we want. Right. This is what we're pushing for. They just allowed it to be fucked. Right. And if you still support those people, then I don't know what to tell you because I don't support them. I don't support what they're underhandedly in the underbelly like they're in favor of pharmaceutical companies big oil big tech and whatever those people can donate that has nothing to do with the regular american people's lives of can you afford milk egg bread cheese right can you marry who you want? Can you be in love with who you want? Can you have the privacy that you should be allotted according to the various amendments? Like, if you're just like... Because 
last election, we were at the point of vote blue no matter who. Right. Here we are. We voted blue no matter who. We got a Senate majority. We got a a, a, a Democratic president. The same president that voted for the crime bill. The same president that authored (laughs) the you cannot bankrupt out of student loans bill. Like, was he really a Democrat? Was he really left? Like, I don't want to sit here and act like I'm a Biden supporter. I'm not. That motherfucker's a piece of shit. He's just not as much as a piece of shit as the orange turd that would have put us in an all-out war against China and Russia, etc. But he's still a fucking piece of shit. And I want to point out that if you have to choose between a piece of shit and a piece of turd, that's not a democracy. It's not. I haven't gotten to my final points yet. Knock it out. And I think that it will address what you're talking about. There's two other things that can be done immediately. Number one, we can take the Supreme Court and the GOP at their word. Mm. And I'm talking about enacting laws that align with their sentiment that the state has a vested interest in life. Socialized programs everywhere. They gave the green light. Let's go balls to the wall. All of the people in office right now that are not Republicans, so independents and Democrats, Mm -hmm. this is your green light. This is your messaging green light. Say, you know what? Justice Alito says it's legal, it's lawful, and it's the law of the land that the state has a vested interest in life. Medicare for all. Go for it. Because that's a, that's a vested interest in life. Yep. We have the, the right and we have the opportunity to let the Republican Party feel the fucking pain of their words. Democrats are not about that, though. They are not about spear don't chucking. Let, don't They're let not that, about cannon blasting. We're not talking about relying on the current Democrats in office. This goes to my next point, which okay. is... Everybody listening right now, run for office. If you do not have the, the, the means to run for office, find the people that can and support them 100%. Campaign for them, go door to door, canvassing for them. Now is the time. But because see- we need to get people in office that are not just aligned to the Democratic Party, independents, whoever. This is your opportunity for school boards, for city council, for state representative, for state senate. This is not about national elections anymore. Okay. The people sitting in the Senate, the Amy Klobuchar's, the Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, they're not doing shit for you. The national level is not where we actually make headway at this. The reason the Republican Party has been able to get everything push push through that they want to all the way up to the Supreme court is because they own the state and local legislatures. That's fair. The national party is not going to reverse this. This is about state laws now, because if the Supreme court overturns Roe v. Wade, 
then that means that the state... They don't overturn it at the state level. They overturn at the national level. Yeah. And it goes back to the states. And that's, in fact, what Justice Alito says in here, is we're sending it back to the states. So if the, if the people who were pro-choice owned the state level, we wouldn't be worried right now. We wouldn't yeah, be yeah, even yeah. talking about this right now. Run for office. Stop relying on people to save you. Save your fucking self. Save yourself. Run for office. Fair if enough. you don't have the financial means to do so, then there's a, there's a link below. It's literally, you, you can beg. do you can you can do the the GoFundMe's. You definitely do that. Try that. But there's a link below to a video that tells you how to network in your community to support people running for office. Yeah. So if you don't know how to do it, there's a link to start it. But this is about the local and the state level. That's where it matters. Good luck. Good luck. So, I'm, I'm sure you're exhausted. I am. I too. have been waiting for this all week. I have been fired up about this. This is this, this means is arguably. A lot. Our longest episode. It is our longest episode, so I'm hands let, down. You know what, Beth? Tell these people where okay. they can reach us. And we can link to all the stuff below. I'm sorry, I've been drinking too much and now my brain is shutting down. But you can reach us on all major platforms. Be sure to subscribe and to give us a thumbs up and share. This is an important video. This is meant to be informative. So we hope that you will share this with people who are advocates, people who are in favor of running for yeah. office, people who are looking for talking points that will actually make a difference in your communities. Yeah. Share this video with them so that they know how to message this going forward. All right. Also share it with your state representatives, your national, you know, the national wow. offices that are looking for messaging. This is the shit that matters. It's not about the they're taking away our choice. That messaging has not worked for the last 49 years. It has not. It has led to where we are now. Here we are now. Yeah. Yes. So share this with them so they know exactly what messaging needs to go forward to actually win this and to make a difference. We appreciate the support. And, you know, for all the trolls that might be commenting right now, bring it on. Because engagement's engagement. We welcome the trolls. Bring it on. I'm not involved. <laughs> Any comments come from me. Now, if you do want merch and access to us, whether it's how the show is being developed and fixed and programmed, the questions that we answer, you can ask questions and be answered on our questions. You can go to patreon.com slash mixpolitics. There are hoodies. There are various different things, whether it's dinner with us or coming to bartend or asking yeah. questions on the podcast and you know you give back to us and we give back to you and that is found at patreon.com slash mixed politics so to all our analysts, analysts pundits, pundits and, and experts, experts our apes I'm sorry <laughs> my drink is done cheers <laughs> thanks for sticking it out with us and Good yes. luck with your abortions or not. Right? <laughs> yeah.